Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. Hey, did you get out on the water this weekend, this past weekend? Maybe you tied a kayak to the top of your car or back the pontoon into a lake? Or maybe you're lucky and have friends with a boat who you plan to go out with you. We're going to take you out for the 4th of July holiday. Well, Minnesota is, of course, known as the land of 10,000 lakes and more than 830,000 registered boats. We lead the country in boats per capita. The only state that has more registered boats is Florida. And here's one more stat for you. There is one registered boat in the state for every seven people in Minnesota. So today we're going to talk about the allure of getting out on the water and why we love our boats so much here in Minnesota. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Hear the lake water lapping. That is definitely the sound of summer here. Gliding on a boat lets you float away from many of your worries on the shore. So whether you love to paddleboard or jet ski or fish, we want to hear from you this hour. The phone lines are open. What do you love about being on the water in a boat? And how were you first introduced to it? Are you on a boat right now? Share your story of how boating became a part of your life. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking with a kayak instructor, as well as someone who oversees the Minneapolis Boat Show about how to get in on the water uh, if you haven't done it before. First, though, I want to bring in one of my friends. I want to bring in Laura Ewan. Laura is a features columnist at the Star Tribune and a former editor and reporter here at NPR News. In a recent column, she writes about getting her family's first pontoon. Laura's in Grand Rapids, Minnesota this morning, but taking some time to join us for a bit. Hi, Laura. Hey, Angela. Thanks so much for having me today. Great topic. It is. So I I enjoyed reading your column, and I want to talk more about what you shared. Uh, And I understand you were out on your family's new pontoon this weekend. How did it go? It's been glorious here. I mean, I just can't believe the consecutive days of perfect weather. (laughs) (laughs) That helps. Yeah, we've been just enjoying it, getting away from the heat and um, jumping in to cool off. It's, It's just been glorious. So you went from being uh, one of the folks like me who enjoys having friends with boats <laughs> to being a boat owner yourself, Laura. Uh, so let's talk about, um, you know, in your column, you wrote about uh, getting a pontoon, that, that, that embracing a Minnesota dream. That's what that purchase was for you mm-hmm. and your husband. And uh, as you just heard me state in the intro, you know, our state has more boats per capita than any other state, seven boats for every person here. Why do you think we're mm-hmm. so crazy about boating here? Well, this is a new phenomenon to me, too. I mean, to be honest, it's really my husband's dream. (laughs) He's a born and raised um, northern Minnesota guy, and so this has just been a lifelong ambition of his to have a boat. And, uh, I mean, I I needed some explanation as to how we should justify this purchase, so it took me a while to get into this. But the first um, time we actually put the boat in this year, uh, around Memorial Day, it was, uh, I mean, it it was very relaxing, and I'm just like, oh, I just... I just need to sit here and do nothing. <laughs> so I was easily sold once I had that experience. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to why boating is so 
so important to Minnesotans. Um, it, it really is ingrained in our culture. Uh, you know, I interviewed a, a woman from the DNR, Lisa Dugan, who's in charge of um, water safety and outreach, and, and she made a good point. You know, as Minnesotans, we have four very definitive seasons, and you kind of roll with the different activities that you look forward to, whether it's, you know, cross-country skiing in winter and ice skating. Um, but once that ice and snow gives way, what are the things that we can do in Minnesota that we really value? And just getting on the lake and making those memories with kids, with friends, boating is very social, uh, fishing, all those things um, I think we just hold quite dear because it's, it's, <laughs> it's also a way we can kind of get, get through the other side of winter knowing that there's a promise of the lake in summer. Mm. And you have two young sons. How, how old are your boys? They're six and ten. So um, that was another reason that we <laughs> we justified the purchase is that they're only going to be young for so long where they want to do stuff with mom and dad. And they just love it. They they fish. They swim. Um, they go tubing, which is something I didn't even really understand what it was, I think, until I was maybe in my late 30s because <laughs> I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. We never did anything like this. Um, but, yeah, tubing is where, you know, the kids or adults um, are on an inflatable tube that's dragged by a pontoon or a speedboat. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. In fact, I just did it um, with a bunch of moms a couple days ago. <laughs> and are you still feeling the effects of that? Are you, did that go I well? I am. I woke up very sore uh, just because all that tension in my shoulders and arms um, being, you know, afraid of being whipped around, I guess. But it's so much fun. And um, the great thing about kids is they're off their screens and they're just occupying themselves. We pulled up to a sandbar yesterday and they were just looking for crayfish for hours, you know, without even needing wow. to <laughs> interact with adults. It was, it was really great. And what were you doing? You saying, were you saying, oh, oh search over there. You missed a spot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> during that time. So, yeah, that so Laura, what made you and your husband decide to invest in, um, you know, a pontoon over another kind of boat? Well, we, um, so we're probably adding to that, that stat that you rattled off about, you know, one boat for every seven people in Minnesota, uh, because we do have, um, like a 30 year old fishing boat that we inherited from my late grandfather-in-law and we have a uh, a canoe too, that we keep in Minneapolis. But, um, I think pontoons are just so, so roomy and so versatile, uh, they're the most popular boats in the country when it comes to boats that have outboard, outboard motors or outboard mm-hmm. engines in, in the country. So um, you can just do so many things. You can go fishing on the pontoon. You can invite another family or two onto the pontoon. You can eat on the pontoon. And um, these days they can go quite fast. So you can do tubing and other water activities. Um, and you can also uh, glide very uh I mean, there's just so much stability with a pontoon. So um, I think that just makes it for a very versatile watercraft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wrote in your column about your, uh, I guess, your anxiety about trying to, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> trying to, to uh, back that boat trailer uh, up to the water. Uh, how did that go at the boat launch for you? <laughs> oh, Was it a spectacle? That, you know, uh... <laughs> You know, we got it in and we got it out. Um, but yeah, it is a bit stressful since we don't have a cabin. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's hopefully, you know, down the road if interest rates ever come down. But um, no, it, it is quite stressful. But I think like any married couple that you see at the public boat landing, there's a lot of other stressed couples too, <laughs> a lot of bickering going on. So I think, 
um, our marriage will survive. Uh, but no, it can get quite busy. And um, yeah, if you've ever driven a vehicle with a trailer attached, it's it's not as easy as it may look. And backing up is uh, sort of counterintuitive. But I'm just there to like hold the rope and let my husband do most of the work anyway. I like that. And, and also <laughs> to be fully prepared for the purchase, uh, you took an online water safety course uh, you wrote that was listed on the DNR website, the Department of Natural Resources. So tell me about uh, that online water safety course and, and was that valuable to you? Um, for someone like me who really did not have any knowledge of you know, water navigation and the rules of the waterways, uh, it was very helpful. Um, it kind of felt like you were going back to high school driver's ed. Um, There's just so much to learn. It was online. It's kind of a slog. It did take me about a week to go through it. Um, but if you do finish the class and you take the test, you can get a discount, um, usually with your boat insurance company. So that's mm-hmm. one perk. Um, I still feel like though I need some more practical knowledge. I mean, I just really want to learn how to drive the boat properly and, um, you know, learn how to tie knots. <laughs> that would be that would be helpful. But I think I've heard that you can look into those water, see, like hands-on water safety classes. Maybe they're even in person through your mm. through your local county. And I'm, I'm just curious, as we talk about boating culture here in Minnesota, uh, you, you grew up in a different uh, state. Uh, take us back to mm-hmm. when you were a kid. Did you have access to a boat as a child or how did you first get introduced no. to boats? Yeah, I mean, that's why this is quite foreign to me. I mean, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. We were about you know, an hour away from the city. My parents were immigrants. We never really um, treated our thing, ourselves to, you know, uh, <laughs> to find things in life. Um, but it's funny because even though um, I didn't grow up boating, I do remember one of my most favorite memories was taking a family trip to northern Wisconsin, and we stayed in a very rustic cabin. And I just remember going on this, tiny little motorboat with my family and we caught all these fish and um yeah i mean it it just stuck with me all these years later it's just something about being on the water and having those experiences making memories on the lake that truly last forever and it sounds like that's what you're trying you're hoping to create for your sons and your husband as well yeah these memories absolutely i know (laughs) all parents are always uh tasked with the pressure of Memories for our kids, whether it's right or not. Well, Laura, I said that we're friends, so now this makes you mm-hmm. one of my friends with the boat. So you'll <laughs> yeah. be hearing from me shortly. Uh, Sounds good. Bring the pickle tip, and uh, okay. we'll take you out for a spin. All right, I like it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Laura Ewan, a, a columnist for the Star Tribune, who just wrote a column uh, about buying her family's first pontoon. Uh, Laura writes about parenting, gender, family, and relationships with special attention on women and underrepresented communities. Thank you, Laura. Go back to your your great uh, time with your family. Thanks, Angela. Great to be here. (laughs) Happy fourth. Thank you. Okay, if you're just joining us, we are lifting up boating this morning. And I want to know, what do you love about being out on the water in a boat? And how were you first introduced to it? Are you on a boat right now? Share your story with us about how boating became a part of your life. The phone lines are open. We're working today. Call us at 651-227-6000. I want to hear your stories, or you can call 800-242-2828. I have two more guests to talk with right now. We have Darren Inval on the line, and Darren is the vice president of the Minnesota Boat and Sports Shows with the National Marine Manufacturers Association in that role. 
Darren oversees the Minneapolis Boat Show in January, and he is joining us remotely this morning. Hi, Darren. Hi, Angela. Thank you for having me on the air. I'm so glad you could be part of the conversation. You know a lot about boats. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just I, I love talking about Angela. It's just a great way to spend time with family on the water. So it's I no problem having a being on the air this morning. <laughs> great. And here in the studio with me is Amber Lynham. Amber is a guide and instructor for the Paddle Bridge. Now that is a group that leads kayak tours on the Mississippi River around the Twin Cities, and she goes by the name Sparky on the water. Previously, she led whitewater rafting trips on the Kettle River out of Sandstone, Minnesota, about halfway between the Twin Cities and Duluth. Thanks for coming in this morning. Hi, Amber. Hey, good morning. Thanks for inviting me in. So first, uh, Darren, um, what did you hear in Laura Ewan's story uh, right now about being a first-time pontoon owner? I Just what she talked about is the ease and versatility of pontoons. It's great for as as people are getting older that having a stable deck that you can walk on and the versatility of whether you want to fish off it, entertain or or pour, pull a water toy behind the boat because mm-hmm. they they've become they've come so far in the past you know twenty five thirty years and is that a typical story where uh, for many people they have um a family relationship or a a friend with a boat and then they start thinking about I could be a boat owner too. Yes, it, it is. It really is. And as people are, you know, some of the family members are getting older, they they realize that, uh, you know, you can entertain more people on the pontoon. So it, mm-hmm. it, it has has kind of evolved that way. And Amber, I know you grew up uh, with motorboats, uh, but also out there paddling. What do you love about being on the water in a, in a kayak or in a canoe? Yeah, for me, softer sports like paddling, um, stand-up paddleboarding, canoeing, I'm just in my element. I love being out in nature, whether I'm paddling solo or with friends. It just, to me, feels like the most natural state that I can be in. Mm-hmm. Because, um, tell me about that feeling, because you're you're close to nature. Is it the sounds? What is it? Is it the movement? It is, to me, water is is life. The river itself, the idea of water flowing, you know, the Mississippi from Itasca River all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, it's mm-hmm. moving. It has life. And um, history has been built up along this river. We, The Twin Cities wouldn't be here without it. And paddling is also a source of exercise. It keeps me feeling well and active. I sleep the best the nights after I've been on the river, being out in the sun, getting fresh air, getting to make memories with guests that we take out or friends. Um, It just represents so much um, abundance and life. And it's just a joy to be out there, as Darren and Laura have already touched on. Mm, It's it's a connection. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I'm in the I'm visualizing I'm, I'm on the river with you right now. When when you're out floating on on a kayak on the Mississippi, um, what do you see and hear around you? Because it does, it's like a story is being told. Mm. Yeah, this past weekend has been great for wildlife sighting. We've seen lots of ospreys, hawks, falcons, bald eagles, uh, even blue herons swooping down and fishing, catching fish into their talons or their beaks to bring back up to their nests in the treetops. There's a particularly high um, concentration of birds of prey along the Mississippi River Gorge. So the stretch of river between Minneapolis and St. Paul there, just loads of nests. And 
So the the wildlife is incredible. You get to hear sounds of the trains crossing tracks, and so it represents the industry that is very much mm-hmm. still active throughout the city. I love getting splashed sometimes.、Um, it just cools me off if I'm starting to feel warm, and、um, the excitement from other guests just. Coming to learn about a new activity, or coming to learn that the river isn't as mighty or scary or dirty as they thought it to be. I love Is that what people say. Yes, because from the street level or driving over it,、yeah. it looks different. So many people think of the river as this mighty. Um, navigation way, this water highway,、um, because it used to be used for commercial navigation, the stretch of river、uh, in、mm-hmm. Minneapolis and St. Paul, but it actually hasn't been commercially navigated since 2015, and so there's been so much cleanup、uh, on the stretch of the river going right through the metro here that people just. Don't know that it is now ripe for recreation, and so you'll see barges going as far north now as right around St. Paul. But the former、uh, port of Minneapolis,、uh, the old grain exchange、mm-hmm. up in North Minneapolis, there closed in 2014 because industry was just moving on, moving out, right? And so once the grain exchange closed in 2015, the Upper chamber of the Upper Saint Anthony Lock and Dam closed because it was just no longer necessary, and so you have this beautiful stretch of river north of the Metro, running right through the heart of Minneapolis to Saint Paul, that is just pristine. It, it, it's I would call it urban wilderness, and it's good to know that there are people like you, guides. So、mm-hmm. tell me about the work that you do with Paddle Bridge.、Mm-hmm. So you help people like me、uh, know what they're doing and not. Get into trouble out there on the river, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there's many、uh, paddle rental companies out there.、Right. Think of us as more of the、uh, the safety provider. So we offer、mm-hmm. skills, instruction. So if anyone has never paddled before, we get lots of newcomers onto the river.、Um, they come to us for for knowledge, for skills, for as Laura touched on, maybe that.、Um, The, the the person or the organization that introduced them to boating because、mm-hmm. maybe they have a friend that's into boating and they want to slowly dip their toes into seeing if it's something they'd like to share with their friends or their family, but、um, maybe the idea of paddling on a moving river is is scary to so many. It was to me until I I just I started,、mm-hmm. um, and so we're out there、um, offering public. Guided tours, and so we offer safety demonstrations before all of our tours, and then we offer、um, when you're on the river interpretation about the wildlife on the river, its history, its impact on our lives and the, and the culture locally, and the many perspectives that shape the river and the relationship that we have with it,、um, and then also just introducing to. People that it, it's it's fun. It can be safe.、Um, one of my favorite things is to take breaks and see people swim in it and feel like safe to to do so. You know, everyone wears a life preserver、um, uh, or life jacket if you know it as such,、um, and they、uh, receive paddling instruction before getting in. So ultimately, we want everyone to feel like safe and comfortable and. Enjoy the river and try to be that bridge 
it's in the name of our organization, that bridge to overcoming some of those historical barriers of entry. Paddle Bridge. Um, If you're just joining us, uh, we're lifting up boating today. You may have figured that out. What do you love about being out on the water in a boat, any kind of boat? And how were you first introduced to it? Are you on a boat right now? Share your story of how boating became part of your life. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Darren, I love talking about history and and, uh, getting ready for this show. Learned about uh, the history of boating in Minnesota. We have a lot to be proud of. Uh, Minnesota stands out in the history books when we look at boating. And so, Darren, let's start with the pontoon. What can you tell us about the history of pontoons and how it connects with our state? Well, uh, Dick Weir um, decided that uh, he needed a bigger deck and he could create it by taking uh, steel drums. And that was the, the start of a pontoon. He, he started putting you know steel drums together, put a deck on it, uh, added an outboard motor. And uh, the, from there, the pontoon world uh, took off. So Dick Weir started Weir's pontoon from that. And and he it just continued he was a, to explode. So. A farmer here in Stearns County, I believe, right? He was, yes, he mm-hmm. was. And so, and, and so, he just, dis- I'm sorry, he go just ahead. decided that he uh, he just decided that hey, there's something <laughs> here that I can do with uh, with what I have and and have a better way to get on the water and and just as anything that that's how innovation becomes. So uh, the pontoon invented here, and then also the the outboard engine also that had its beginnings here. It did. Um, the story is, is Oli Evanrude um, would go get ice cream with his wife and he wanted to find a way to, <laughs> to get, get, get the ice cream back before it melted. Faster. So he, uh, <laughs> it's a love story. It's a love story. It is a, it is a love story. So um, Oli created the, the Evanrude outboard motor um, on to, uh, it, it made it affordable too. I mean, think of it, the old, it would be a car engine and a, and a straight drive to a boat before that, but um, an outboard motor made it uh, convenient and also affordable for other people. But yeah, he created the outboard motor to uh, bring, get the ice cream back to his wife before it would melt I love in the hot it. summer days. I love it. And then of course, water skiing. What do we know about water, water skiing, skiing in Minnesota? Yeah. Down in Pine Island, Minnesota, uh, a, a gentleman decided to, to, to strap two uh, pieces of uh wood onto his feet and, and tell people that he'd be able to get up on the water at, with somebody pulling him on a boat. So <laughs> Pine Island is famous for the, the beginning of water skiing. So the start of water sports, which has evolved from water skiing to wakeboarding to now wake surfing, which is the most popular by far activity mm-hmm. on the water. So Darren, from your experience um, uh, working on the uh, Minneapolis boat show uh, each winter, uh, what can you tell us now about the most popular boats in Minnesota? Uh, what do people come to the doors asking about? What's on display there that you know sells? It, it really starts from the beginning, as Amber talked about. You know, water is life. You know, that's everybody feels that. And, and Amber did a great job of, of talking about how people feel on the water. So thank you, Amber, for the beginning for people, whether it's stand-up paddle boards or kayak or canoes. Those would be the three, you know, most popular um, beginnings for people getting on the water, you know, here in Minneapolis, you know, the lakes are, uh, non-motorized. So you see people out there on, whether it's stand up paddle boards or kayaks, you know, you have the river for, for exploration, um, and just seeing the history of, of people going down the river. So 
it kind of starts out with that. And then as you look into it, Minnesota, it's a reflection of, of what we like to do. Pontoons are extremely popular. Fishing boats mm-hmm. would, would, would be the most popular um, boat in Minnesota, as well as, uh, as a growing segment would be the, the wake boats. You know, we have wake surfing that is really popular for family. It's easy on your, your body, uh, opposed to, you know, the, the water sports of water skiing or, or wakeboarding or, you know, even being towed on a, a water toy. Um, so those are kind of what you're seeing. Um, so the pontoon, the pontoon still rules as well as fishing boats. It, it does. It's it really does. It, it, specifically when you see people uh, on the on a lake home or cabin, you really see a lot of pontoons for the people because of the versatility and, and the ability to entertain. And Amber, the folks that you work with who are out on kayaks, do they talk about also being uh, boat owners, other kinds of boats? Some are. We get a lot of visitors that come out with us from out of state who have never kayaked um, or been out on any water vessel before or locals who are maybe considering getting into water sports and trying to explore which craft is right for them. Mm -hmm. So some have been out, as you touched on. Maybe some also have been on boats of friends of friends. Um, but we see being so close to the the heart of the metro, a lot of folks who maybe just not have the, the space to store a boat in a driveway um, or the land or access to a lake um, to to host uh, to host it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take some more phone calls from our listeners as we talk about our love for the water, but also boats here in Minnesota. I want to hear uh, your stories of, of, of how and why boating uh, became a part of your life and what you enjoy about it. Call us at 651-227-6000. You can also call 800-242-2828. Let's take a phone call uh in Minneapolis, Aaron is on the phone. Good morning, Aaron. What do you want to tell us as we talk about boating? Yeah, I just wanted to talk about how uh, boating becomes sort of a uh, a way of life uh, for your family. The first caller was talking about how they had um, uh, small children. We bought our first boat in 2000, a speedboat, and I live in Minneapolis, and we mostly take it to Lake Minnetonka. But uh, even through the junior high years and the high school years, uh, my mom my children wanted to spend all day with their mom and dad because <laughs> they wanted to go to the lake. Mm-hmm. So great way, you know, we don't own a cabin, but the lake's 25 minutes away. So, so it help you keep your family together, have some special time and conversations. Yeah, and together. Even now they're married and have their own houses and whatnot. And they'll still spend, uh, you know, a lot of time with us, even sometimes during the week, weekdays, mm-hmm. we'll just go out to the lake and spend all day out there until it gets dark. So, that's wonderful. And will you all be together over the holiday tomorrow? Um, unfortunately, we won't be this holiday because there's some, uh, you know, family stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, but usually, usually, Fourth uh, of July would be a time we would all be out there rather than uh, getting ready to watch fireworks. We'd spend <laughs> the whole day out there. But this year, it's not going to work out. But yeah, no, great, great way to keep the whole family together. And another point I would make too is to encourage those with new boats. Or uh, she said she was uh, the rope holder. My wife, um, I back the boat in, and she drives it off. So if you can sort of share the share the burden of that, that uh, makes things go a lot 
lot better. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. That's Aaron in Minneapolis. Let's take another phone call. Uh, and this is uh, someone who knows a lot about uh, kayaking. Uh, Amber, this is Bob Shaw on the line. Bob's a former Pioneer Press reporter, uh, as well as I'm told the author of Ticket to Guide, the Twin Cities 50 Best Spots for Kayaking, published just this year. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. So you're you're supposedly retired, but you're still busy, huh? I know. I just didn't get retirement <laughs> right. I decided I'm more busy now than, than I ever was before. But uh, yes, I wrote Ticket to Glide, and um, I'm hoping to uh, be a recruiter and get people kayaking in uh, the Twin Cities. Okay, so start with me. Uh, where are a couple of your favorite places uh, to paddle? Where do, where do you go when you decide to go kayaking? Well, the big thing you got to decide is whether you're going to go on a river or lake. Mm -hmm. Uh, lakes are calm. The water level is stable. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually they're surrounded by, uh, houses and buildings. Uh, rivers are more wild. Uh, they're go up and down seasonally. So that's the, that's the big thing you got to decide. Um, and then personally, I just go with what's convenient for me. Um, uh, the, the book lists, you know, 50 places all around the twin cities that, uh, are a range of places. So it depends kind of on what mood you're in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can have, you know, quiet meditation and calm and beautiful silence uh, very easily, or you can have a more uh, vigorous uh, kayak with exercise and and company on the water. So it depends a lot. And so, Bob, why did you want to take the time to, you know, write this down, get it published so you could share it with people? Why was that important for you to do? That's because I started kayaking 10 years ago, and it blew me away how often I would go out, and there was no one else. I couldn't see anyone else on the lake or a river. Um, We are actually in the middle of a kayaker's paradise. There's no city anywhere on the planet of our size that has this many rivers and lakes. Mm. And so, uh, gosh, it's so easy. Uh, So I'm I'm really kind of uh, trying to get people to get out and... and, uh, Get out in the water. It's lovely. Well, thank you. And I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Again, uh, Ticket to Glide, the Twin Cities 50 Best Spots for Kayaking, published this just this year. Where do, how do people find it, Bob? Uh, it's on Amazon. It's also at REI Co-ops. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful summer. Thank you. <laughs> what do you like about what he just shared, um, Amber? Uh, he wants to spread the word. So do you. He does. Absolutely. It's amazing to meet so many allies out there trying to get more people on the water. And I love anyone that's trying to help spread the word and make our waterways more accessible. And a big part of that is just the sharing of information, of resources, letting folks know where they can go, how they can get there, the best spots based on what you're looking for, what your paddling experience level is. Bob talked about the differences between rivers and lakes. Mm-hmm. He was spot on. I uh, like the lakes, stable and calm and houses, which means witnesses. Yes. I'm worried about tipping over. Yes, absolutely. Um, small lakes, especially um, undeveloped lakes, you mm-hmm. know, in nature preserves are going to be your best spot for just um, maybe renting a kayak for a weekend or many parks around the metro offer even uh, kayak rentals in their parks for just for recreational use. Stick close to the shoreline, make sure your life jacket is on and just go toy around, see if it's something that's right for you. Mm. Let's uh, take a phone call in Grand Rapids where Craig is on the line. Good morning, Craig. Thank you for for waiting. And what do you want to tell us about boating? Hi, good morning. Um, I uh, uh, grew up 
helping run a resort, a family resort up in uh, on Island Lake near Northland, Minnesota. And so when I was a kid, one of my jobs was bailing out the boats. And then when I wasn't bailing out boats or piling firewood, I'd get to go out and roll the boat around, roll the the boats Mm -hmm. around and fish and um, really enjoy that. Um, That's kind of how I got started boating and and canoeing and take uh, canoe trips on the Big Fork River and just really enjoy the feeling of uh, relaxation and just just really feel good, uh, feel good feel good being out on the water. And so it sounds like you you were working hard, but at the same time enjoying being so close to nature. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm actually uh, going right now from uh, boating. I spent uh, uh, three of the last uh, few days uh, sailing and kayaking on Lake Superior. And I'm headed over from Lake Superior over to Island Lake where I'm going to go pontooning and, and do some fishing and swimming off the pontoon and do some kayaking over there. You got it covered. And, um, we haven't talked about sailboats. Yeah. Tell me about uh, sailing and what you enjoy about about that and learning how to sail. Uh, learning how to sail. Well, actually, I started out learning how to sail uh, in a family camp. Uh, went, it was a Girl Scout camp. My my sister was in Girl Scouts, but they had a family camp uh, near Hackensack where um, they had sailing lessons for a couple of days. So I was probably, I don't know, eight or ten years old when I learned to sail. And then we had a very good friend on Island Lake who uh, had a lot of boats and, and took us out boating a lot. And he was repairing a, a catamaran, a small sailboat for a friend. And he asked me if I wanted to take the catamaran out. And I said, sure. And he brought me down and I, sh- I thought we were going to go out together. But he, he showed me how to uh, how to raise the sails. And he says, well, go ahead, take it out. <laughs> and and uh, I was out on my own in this little catamaran, a little uh, about a 10 or 12 foot catamaran. And it was the, the first time I had sailed by myself, and it was so fast, and I was having so much fun that I was out for probably an hour, and uh, they started worrying that I didn't know how to get back, that I couldn't get back to the dock by myself, that I had gone downwind and couldn't get back. And they, they came out after me with a with a motorboat, and uh, I, I was sailing faster than the motorboat, oh, the fishing <laughs> boat, so really had a lot oh. of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of a lot of friends and family that did a lot of boating. So we would go mm. canoeing uh, on the city lakes in Minneapolis. I remember being out with my my mom and aunt and cousins and siblings. So there were seven of us in a fiberglass canoe about a oh, that's cozy fiberglass canoe. That sounds cozy, area. Craig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. That's Craig calling in from Grand Rapids. Let's take another uh, phone call. This is uh, Kathy calling in from Esco. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning. I was calling to just um, tell you about my experiences growing up. I grew up in a family with uh, seven kids and our two parents. And my dad would take us out to a nearby lake and rent a pontoon. And all nine of us would be out on that pontoon. (laughs) Mom would fix dinner and heat it up on a Coleman stove pontoon and we'd stay out all day fishing it was like dropping a saint into the lake (laughs) it was great fun and since then my four brothers all own pontoons I have one sister who owns a pontoon and then my other sister and we myself we own boats 
And we are like a fleet when we go out <laughs> on the lake now. I bet. It's, it's a lot of fun, and our children and grandchildren are all out. We're fishing. We're swimming. We make a big circle so that all the kids are right there being observed by all of us. It's, it's just great fun. Oh, thank you for sharing those memories. Uh, that's Kathy and Esco. Uh, Darren, I have to ask you a question. I, I know that you uh, oversee the Minneapolis Boat Show uh, each January, but I know also that there's uh, there are many rental opportunities and boat clubs that you can join if you just want to um, experience being in a boat but don't own a boat. What can what do you want people to know about those options? Uh, yeah, it's a great way to get started because uh, whether you you rent a boat from a, a marina that already has the boat in the water and you can get uh, experience uh, and, and comfortable on the water without having the challenges of storing the boat or having it uh, launch it. And also boat clubs. Boat clubs gives you access to multiple types of boats. You could have everything from a personal watercraft to fishing boats, pontoons, runabouts. It, so, so it gives you more access to a, a wide variety of boats as well as locations. You could join a boat club in in Minneapolis and they could have multiple locations. So you'd be able to do would be able to explore multiple locations. You could explore Minnetonka, St. Croix. Uh, we have a wonderful local uh, uh, boat club here called your boat club, as well as some national ones as uh, carefree and freedom boat club. So there's, Great opportunities with boat clubs as well as rentals mm-hmm. and that, marinas. And then that, is that often a, a good way to, to, fig, to figure out what you would actually want to own? You can experiment with different types of, of rentals. It would be. It'd be a great way to figure out what is the best boat and fit for you and your family mm. um, as you get started in boating. And Darren, I haven't talked about jet skis. Uh, is that something that, that we see at the boat show also? We do. It, it is a, it is a continues, continues to be a growing segment. Um, you know, there's sea that has created a, a spark, which is an entry level, uh, personal watercraft, as well as, you know, you got Yamaha Kawasaki creating a great, uh, product for people to, uh, experience boating and end up in a, a personalized way, as well as you can do multiple, uh, people on them. It, right now they're creating personal watercrafts to be able to fish out of now or pull water toys. Um, hmm. it's a safe way too with the, the jet you know, the, the jet propul- propulsions. Mm. Right. And I have there here in my notes, uh, as we look into the history of jet, jet skis, uh, that they were originally developed in Europe uh, during the 1950s. But uh, very early on, they became popular here in Minnesota. Is that your understanding, too? It is. It is because of the versatility of them and for people to have them on a lake um, and for kids. You know, it's a great way for kids to get entry-level um, opportunities to, to drive it. We had some people here locally that um, were able to develop it was um, further the personal watercraft. Okay. So the history of jet skis, there was a Minnesota influence there as well. Uh, Amber, you were saying something about Lake Pepin that you, you seem to be aware of a story that some of the, the original developers of the popularity of jet skis were here in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of different types of boaters coming out on some of our kayak trips. And so as um, Darren already talked about, Water skiing was developed in Minnesota, and so some of our guests were also chatting when we talk boats on the river, we talk everything, that uh, it was their understanding that a, a big part of jet ski culture in Minnesota, but also the U.S., was influenced uh, from Minnesota. We fine-tuned it. Yes. We made it better. <laughs> okay, I, I can believe that. Let's take some more phone calls. Uh, we're talking about uh, ways to enjoy the water, uh, being out on the water 
on a boat. In Duluth, we have uh, Joseph on the line. Joseph, what are you doing out there on the water in Duluth? Well, uh, I originally learned to uh, sail back in New York, but I've been up here in Duluth since the end of 2018. And we have a great organization up here. It's called the Duluth Superior Sailing Association, um, which we have classes for, for children all the way up to adults. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization, and we sail on Superior Bay, so it's a great place for kids to learn to use Mother Nature uh, and have fun on the water. Uh, we have boats ranging from the smallest uh, opties to lasers to flying scots up to keel boats. And people don't have to own a boat. They can become a member and uh, just enjoy the uh, being out on the water. Uh, I particularly like to do racing, and there's a lot of that up here, both on the Lake uh, Superior as well as in Superior Bay. So, and I, if I may, I'd just like to mention the, the website, sailingforall.org. And people can learn more and become a member and take a boat out so you don't need to own one. That's wonderful. And you, you say, again, you have camps during the summer months for, for kids? Yes, we have, we have camps all summer, uh, a week-long camps where we teach uh, children as young as I think it's uh, seven or eight, uh, up to uh, like 17, uh, to learn to sail. And then they can come back uh, and uh, take a boat out for the day. Oh, I love that. So it's a great opportunity for kids to learn how to mm-hmm. how to use Mother Nature. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Thank you. That's Joseph calling in from Duluth. Uh, another phone call. Uh, this in Madison Lake. Uh, Jim's on the phone from Madison Lake. And uh, Jim, uh, what did you want to share with us as we talk about uh, the history of boating and, and why we love the water so much here in Minnesota? Um, just a correction in regards to the birthplace of water skiing. Uh, the birthplace of water skiing is actually Lake City, Minnesota, on Lake Pepin, uh, back in 1922 by Ralph Samuelson. Uh, and Lake City has held uh, an event called Water Ski Days for mm-hmm. like yes. 51 years this year, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, but just that it was Lake City, Minnesota, rather than Pied Island. Yes, and they do that festival has a huge turnout every year. And uh water skiing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very very popular. They do the oh, like the shows, right? The the people the pilot into like pyramids yes. and water ski. And have you taken that show in? Do you enjoy going to that? Uh I go to it once in a great while. Mm. Not all the time anymore. So, do you own a boat, Jim? I own a kayak. Oh, and and so where do you take it out, and what do you enjoy about it? I take the uh, it out around Madison Lake. There's a number of lakes in that area that I'll take it out on. There's Madison Lake. Uh, there's Duck Lake, Ballantyne, um, Lake George, and Lake Washington, as well as Lake Emily. Those are the ones I usually go on. And is the the water there uh, calm and stable, as we sort of talked about, compared to being out on a river? Do you have solitude? or Yeah, there is solitude, especially on some of the smaller lakes. I'm retired, so I get to go out during the week, so I don't have to fight all the other boats, mm-hmm. usually. So it's a lot calmer. And it's good exercise, too, right, for you? Yes. 
Absolutely. Very right. good exercise. All right. That's Jim in Madison Lake. Thank you, Jim. Uh, another phone call in uh, St. Paul. This is Sharon on the phone. Hi, Sharon. We're talking about boating and lakes and, and why we enjoy this so much here in Minnesota. What did you want to share with us? Hi. Um, I just wanted to uh, kind of put a plug in for a nonprofit organization I was not a member of that organization. However, I did have clients um, prior to the pandemic, and it's called Let's Go Fishing, and um, it's volunteer drivers. They they um, take people out on smaller pontoons on all the lakes in the metro area in greater Minnesota, older adults, veterans, and disabled adults. It's an incredible program, and the people that I took um, took out uh, for the day absolutely loved it. It was a fishing thing, and they caught fish, but uh, the whole purpose was just to be out on the water on a beautiful day. I worked with vision-impaired folks, so they couldn't necessarily see, but they could definitely hear and feel, and it's mm-hmm. a fabulous organization. And what is it called again? What's the program called? Let's go fishing. All right. Thank you uh, for sharing that with us, Sharon. Uh, Darren, I want to make sure I ask you about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, uh, the impact it had on boat sales and and the interest that people had in boating. Uh, What do you recall the most? What stands out about what we saw with boat sales during the pandemic? Yeah, uh, boating definitely was a a beneficiary of of the pandemic. People discovered that, you know, although you couldn't do a lot of things outside of your network, you could do a lot of um, boating with your family. And so boating really became a boom during during COVID because people found out that you could go fishing, you could entertain your family and be together and spend some time together um, on a boat. So, so it really increased uh, significantly um, over that time. It jumped 14% actually uh, uh, nationally mm. of boat sales. And then uh, personally today, will you be out on the water, Darren? I will be on the water. I mean, it's supposed to be extremely hot. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know. Just like Amber, I am a kayaker as well as a power boater. So I'll, I'll find a, definitely a way to get on the water today with, with, uh, to get away from the heat and spend time with family and friends. Wonderful. Uh, I, I guess I would also like to bring up, a, you know, people looking to get in. There, there are so many good ways to get into boating. You know, discoverboating.com uh, has a great uh, information on uh, the entry level people finding out what they want to do for boating. There's been a lot of mentions of getting involved with kayaks and, and stand-up paddleboards. Right now, you know, you have inflatables. You, you know, for for room, you don't have to have a, a carrier on, on the roof of your car to carry this stuff. You, you know, there's some great inflatables out there for people to do. In classes within Minneapolis, there's a sales club, sailing club on, on the city of Minneapolis lakes as well as uh, Lake Minnetonka. So there's just so many great ways to get involved in, and, uh, and get on the water. I'm so glad that we uh, were able to share all of these great memories and ways for people uh, to experience uh, all of this joy on the water uh, on the radio today. So I, I want to thank our guests as our time is up for the day. We've been talking with Darren Inval, the Vice President of the Midwest Boat and Sports Shows with the National Marine Manufacturers Association. Darren oversees the Minneapolis Boat Show coming again in January. And we've also been talking with Amber Lynham, a guide and instructor for Paddle Bridge, which leads kayak tours on the Mississippi 
River. Early in the hour, we heard from Laura Ewing, a features columnist for the Star Tribune. This conversation today was produced by Maya Beckstrom. Be safe, everybody, in all that heat and especially out there on the water. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 9. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.